Hello, this is Christy Bates of Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to episode 61 of the Deep South Dharma podcast, being released Sunday, July 12, 2020. I'm excited about our topic today. We are considering the five uh, universal laws or causal factors, as they're sometimes called, the five niyama in Buddhism. I am interested in sharing this with you, have been um, this whole time that we've been doing this uh, Eightfold Path study because we have talked about karma and the Buddha's teaching on that, but I find that many people who have sort of a mainstream level of familiarity with Buddhism, which means just a glancing familiarity usually, um, have an idea that the Buddhist uh, teaching of karma has to do, it, it says that everything in our life is because of what we have done in the past. And this is exactly what the Buddha did not teach. Um, he, in fact, diverged from the teachers, um, other teachers of his day, because he explained other causal factors that interact with uh, with our own actions and their results, but recognizing that other causal factors are at work help to dispel the idea that we are totally in charge of what happens. So we'll get to that in just a moment. I look forward to sharing that with you. I want to let you know that um, on July 15th, when we would normally have our midweek meditation group, there will be a recording uh, for midweek meditation that day. We will not have the live group because I will be in transit that day. I'll actually be um, traveling uh, just a, a day a day drive, but um, during the time that we would normally do that live group. And so I will have a podcast ready to release at noon on July 15th for midweek meditation. So if that's something that you like to keep up with each week, look for that. And then I want to, oh, and the link to that is just like the link for our Saturday morning group, deepsouthdharma.org. You can find that link for future Wednesdays to join with us live. And then you can get information um, about our Saturday group as well, if that's an interest of yours. And then I want to encourage you um, to take a look not only at my retreat coming up at the end of this month, but other retreats being held at heartwoodrefuge.org. You will see that the long weekend retreats are eligible for Humera, Humera Foundation Contemplative Fellowships. And the list of people who are eligible for those is quite extensive. So don't assume you can't do it. Um, take a look at that. Join one of my retreats or click through to get information. If you click through to the registration page, that is where on these retreats that are scholarship eligible, you can see who is eligible and get an application. So take a look and if you have interest, please do follow up on that and, and you just see what might be possible. All right, for now, 
time to switch over to our topic on Kama and other natural laws, the five Niyama in Buddhism. I first heard of the five niyama in Buddhism in listening to a talk by Bhante Buddha a number of years ago. And I was really glad to hear those. And then really, it's been quite a while um, since I've thought about them when I began doing this series on the Noble Eightfold Path I wanted to include those because so much of the Eightfold Path is about understanding um, the effect of our actions, which has to do with the law of karma. But I also wanted to include this understanding that karma isn't the only law that affects us. And then, fortunately, uh, Ajahn Amaro had a very recent talk on the subject So that kind of nudged me um, to remember to include it in this series and also offered me a reminder of the names of these five laws of nature. Niyama is spelled N-I-Y-A-M-A. And in the yogic traditions, Niyama has a completely different meaning. Um, So I want to be clear if you if this is something that you want to do kind of a deeper dive about and you want to Google up the five niyama, you're going to want to say the five niyama in Buddhism because it has a very specific meaning. So, okay, I want to introduce you to these. Uta niyama. Uta has to do with weather, U-T-U. Um, the translation of that word is weather, I believe. Um, but of course, it doesn't have to do only with weather. It just it has to do with the natural law of things like the change of seasons, phenomena related to weather and climate and geology, the movement of plates, um, uh, physics, chemistry, other you know sciences of inorganic phenomena, right? And so this is. Uh, a major category of law of nature that has a very big impact on our lives. Um, and yet it was important that the to, to the Buddha that we understand that, that we did not have direct power over those. Um, so again, I just want to kind of reiterate what I said in the introduction very often people with a, sort of a distant um, understanding of Buddhism have this idea that karma is the reason for everything. It is that the Buddha taught that, you know, that everything that happens to us is because of our karma. And that is not a Buddhist idea. So 
and so here's an example, Utaniyama, this whole thing of, you know, weather, geology, physics, chemistry, these, the, the laws of non-living matter um, affect our lives deeply and are not caused by us, are absolutely not personal. Um, and maybe it's, uh, none of the laws are personal, actually, which we'll get to in a moment, but this is one of the laws that is easy for us to see that it's not personal, perhaps. Secondly is Bija Niyama, B-I-J-A, literal Pali language, translation is seed. So this has to do with laws of biology, uh, genetics, plant and animal, human, um, but also including things, this is laws of biology that also include things like some of our, uh, our social behaviors as primates, you know, our, our tendency to, uh, to fall into these hierarchies. And, um, and that tendency is personal. How we live it out obviously feels very personal, and we may be personally invested in in creating a different way to live, but important to understand that 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 those tendencies are there. The fact that those tendencies are there um, is is not personal. Um, it is part of biology. So the laws of biology are another place. Then we have chitaniyama. These are the laws of psychology. Um, things like uh, memory. Things like um, imagination, creativity, our um, chit, the word chitta, C-I-T-T-A, is sometimes translated as mind, but it's not mind in terms of the talkative narrative thinking mind. Chitta has to do with maybe the way we would some of us who grew up in Christian circles would recognize mind being used in the New Testament really could be more fully understood as mind slash heart. So this sort of uh, state of consciousness is more what um, Chitta refers to. So Chitta Niyama is sort of like the laws of state of consciousness um, that include um, all of those aspects that we study in Psych 101, but also that even as laws of human development, um, coming to recognize our recognition that certain conditions in childhood have a tendency to lead to certain difficulties in adulthood, these are chitta niyama, right? And then... Um, then there, there is uh, kama niyama having to do with karma. These are have to do with cause and effect, actions and their results. And this was um, this was the area where the Buddha spent so much of his time teaching. Um, when he brought up the others, it was to sort of highlight the fact that we don't have a separate, self-sufficient self that can control all of those things. Karma was the place that he pointed out that we have a chance to experience um, some sense of input into our experience. 
mainly karma has to do with recognizing um, or the law of karma helps us recognize what is skillful and what is not skillful. And so when we are, when we get, <laughs> when we get wise to karma niyama, karma niyama, we become, we become more focused on what are going to be the results of this action? You know, I may have an, uh, I may imagine that taking a certain action would feel really good or would put an end to some stress or, or whatever. But having a clear understanding of this particular law, we learn to think longer term about, hmm, is this going, is this going to lead to more freedom from, for me or less freedom for me. The fifth of the um, niyamas um, in this list, the, the order I've got them in, is dhamma niyama. So dhamma niyama has to do, one way to say it might be to say something like uh, just the nature of existence. Um, on the, in the talk that I heard the other day, Ajahn Amaro spoke of it being the fabric of reality beyond mind and mental activity. And so I'll just give us one example here to sort of help ground this for you a bit. When we speak of impermanence as part of the nature of existence, that is that is part of the fabric of reality. That is falls squarely in the category of Dhamma Niyama, that impermanence is a fact of our conditioned existence. Now, all these various types of laws, of course, interact in certain ways. And so, for example, um, I may find that by utilizing skillful action in a relationship that I want to nurture with a friend or loved one, I can help nurture the direction of change but the fact that relationships change is a given. There is no such thing as, all right, let me get to a certain situation in a relationship or in a job or, you know, anything and think, all right, now I'm set. We're just going <laughs> to stay right here now and be okay. Because the fact is, is that things are constantly changing and so our karma niyama reminds us that we can take skillful action, make skillful choices, sometimes skillful non-action, when that's what is needed. That can affect the direction of change, but it doesn't, it has no power to control the fact that things do change. So, with this, I hope that just this little brief introduction to the five niyama helps clear up some confusion um, when we look at um, when we're we're looking at certain situations. We don't want to have you know in our lives or in society, and we don't want to have um, we don't have want to have any misunderstandings about what the Buddha taught. You know, a lot of what the Buddha 
was trying to do, for instance, was to um, address, you know, he was, he grew up as a person of privilege. Many of the um, people that he first knew um, when he began his spiritual search would have also been people of privilege who, who um, that was in his day, that was sort of a thing that people did um, of his, of his age. And so that going out on spiritual search and, um, you know, this was, was something that he wanted to make available to a wide variety of people. And he, he was dealing in a world where there was this really painful stratification of human beings, just like we have today. And so um, it was not his opinion that that stratification was, was a natural result of karma. This is where the, you know, biological tendencies that we have um, more as part of our primate nature come into play. And he wanted us to understand, wanted people to understand, his students to understand that that there are a lot of laws here at play and that we want to take action where we can to free ourselves from suffering. And one of the ways, um, one of the most important ways, besides all of the sort of practical things we do to try to um, help improve conditioning conditions for ourselves and others is um, not taking things so personally. And so I'll just give one quick example and then I'll close. But, you know, I, I can't remember if I've shared on this podcast before that um, in 2010, when Nashville flooded, um, I was, my daughters and I, were flooded. We had just moved into a condo 10 days before the flood. And so many of my belongings, uh, particularly the, really the only things I cared about that I lost were a bunch of my daughter's children's books and artwork of theirs and things that were still in boxes at ground level. Um, there was artwork not yet up on the walls and that kind of thing. But so we lost that place to live lost the cars that we had, lots and lots of hassle involved. But I have to tell you, for to have an experience like that where it was such a shock that <laughs> my my mental slate was just wiped clean. Friends kind of had to do my thinking for me for a few days. I had one Dharma friend that that every night for about two weeks would call and check on me and prompt me with things like, well, you know, you're going to have to move out of that place. That's not just going to get fixed <laughs> and uh, that sort of thing. So, so there definitely was difficulty and hassle, but I can honestly say there was no suffering. And I remember then having the recognition that the reason I was not suffering over that was because I was under no illusion that I had done anything to cause that flood. Um, whereas things in my life that I tended to or still tend to suffer over are things where I am personalizing it in some way. 
thinking, oh, if I had done this or that, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened. And so it was so helpful um, in the big picture. It was so helpful to have something like that happen where to, to really just lose most of your belongings and all of that and to see that it was possible to have a lot of inconvenience, even the even some pain, you know, some sadness about, um, you know, losing things that my children had made and that kind of thing. But but the absolute absence of suffering over it that was clearly related to not taking it personally. And that wasn't true for everyone, by the way. I remember a coworker of mine who lost also lost her home and in that flood and she really had to upgrade her spiritual understanding as a result of that because she had a terrible time with it at first because she was believing that she was one of you know many many hundreds of people who who lost their homes in that flood because she thinks too negatively Right. So that is an example of having a misunderstanding about karma. Um, luckily for her, she that situation actually helped her grow out of that. But um, that is the kind of thing that we can really make ourselves unhappy if we are walking around believing that we are more powerful than we are. And we can also have a lot of sorrow if we overlook the places that we do have power. Let's just give ourselves a minute to let that settle. I want to invite you to join us online on Wednesdays for a brief live meditation at 1130 to 12 noon Central Time and or on Saturday mornings 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. for a meeting of the Deep South Dharma online Sangha.
Go to DeepSouthDharma.org to pick up the Zoom link and join us anytime. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.